This is the One Step Better Podcast. Helping small businesses make wins each and every week. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the One Step Better Podcast. I am Mike, and with me, as always, is Mr. Matt Patrick. Matt, welcome. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Doing well. Doing real well. I uh, appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to come oh, yeah. join us so, on so another busy. podcast. <laughs> so, so Recording this on tax deadline day. Thanks a lot, everybody. Right. Right. Well, Matt, we're going to talk today uh, to some business owners who um, are either just getting started and, and maybe they're new at this, or they're maybe a little bit more seasoned and are still struggling and uh, are feeling some of the blues of having their own business. Uh, and hopefully... Hopefully, we can offer some insight and encouragement uh, to those business owners out there that are uh, maybe struggling, or maybe, who knows, they're maybe doing really yeah. well, uh, and they could teach us something. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so, I want you to think back about your early days whenever you decided, hey, I'm going to start my own thing. Um, what What are some of the things that you remember about those first moments? Well, I would say, when I first, when I say now officially started, I didn't realize I was officially starting. So you I was still, started. I accidentally started. I was still looking for another job when I went, Hey, I, I may be able to make a go of this. I think I'll just do that. And so that was my first like start into it. I, you know, I went out and like, okay, I, I had a friend, a friend of, uh, Mandy's, uh, of ours both, but Mandy's, uh, one of Mandy's coworkers asked to do a tax return. I was like, sure, I can help you do a tax return. And then I went and I would say this tell story of, I went to the pack mail franchise to renew my CPA license. And they're like, Hey, you're an accountant. Um, I just moved here. I need to count it. I'm like, are you interested in doing my stuff? I'm like, I might be. What, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that and so, mean? <laughs> and so, yeah, that was kind of my getting started. That was December of 2003. Um, I was still looking for a job. I had severance from my previous employer um, I wasn't sure the heck I was going to do, and I kind of got luck. I kind of ran into it. But once I really knew what I was going to – like, I, this is how, a real business. How long from whenever you got your first paid work as a non-employee, um, and how how long after that did you continue looking for a, a real job? Probably 30 days. Really? That's it? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, it was probably mid-December when I first did that first tax return, maybe early December – I bumped into that pack mail guy and ended this end of December. And then that guy got me to the Allstate guy next door, which that guy got me in B9. Next thing I know, 30 days later, I probably have 20 clients. So within that 30 days, you went from, I got to find a new job to, hey, huh, I'm not going to go get a new job. I decided I found my job. And so I still I was interviewing uh, at the time. I had a couple interviews still going on. And I, and I didn't get the job I was kind of looking for. And I went, you know, I, I think I, this sounds, I think I could do this. And then at the same time, we end up one would end up being my first kind of big client was uh, a client that was going through a, a partner who'd been stealing from them. And that was a very interesting way to get started. But also like I knew that was some of kind of some anchor work that I could do for a while. And, and it was going to be significant enough that it would, pay my mortgage for a little bit um, as it, it needed to get the work needed to get done. And that was January of 04, end of January of 04. So 30 days, 45 days in, I've found my anchor client, which ended up being about 60% of my first year revenue, <laughs> which was great. Um, first year I ended up doing 100 tax returns and it was it was a lot of fun um, working around the clock. I was working out of my house until I think it was like, I want to say May 1st or so. So that year, right after tax season, April 15th, I went ahead and found an office. But like 
like I said, 30, 45 days. And once I decide I'm really going to have a business, I'm, I started thinking, okay, I don't, what do I, what don't I have that I need to have? And so like early on for me, it was getting our equipment lined up. So that was a computer and a printer. I still have that printer today. It's sitting in our, it's uh, uh, asset number one, I guess it was. Um, still on the books. It's, uh, I may have <laughs> disposed of it by now, but I'm on the books, but it's still here. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just kind of like, what, what does opening a business mean? So I never opened a business in Shelby County. So getting my business license and stuff figured out, tangible personal property registration, figuring out if I was going to be an LLC or not, setting all my bank accounts up. And, I, and I, at this point, I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, I've never done this before. And even like the simple things that people ask us today, which is, hey, how do I get money out of the business once I got it in the business? I, you know, I was still learning how distributions and draws work and, um, because I just had not ever done that before. Working in big accounting, I got a paycheck, and that was easy for me yeah. to understand. Um, we didn't do a lot of flow-through accounting where I was at, you know, the big firm I was with, so it was kind of learning on the job. Uh, and so, and I honestly was saying yes to whatever sounded like accounting. <laughs> so yeah. uh, learning real quick. I, I never used QuickBooks before when I opened up my practice, and my first three clients all used QuickBooks. I know I need to get tax software, so I found a very inexpensive software to get me through that first tax season. I was trying to replicate at least the stuff I knew I needed to have right you, away. You knew what you needed from a from the standpoint of how to get the work done. You, you, you knew the accounting side of it, but the the actual having a business, running a business. I had never done it. and That so, part was new. Yeah, I never hired an employee before. I didn't know how much to pay employees. Um, my first employee I hired was my mother-in-law, and she was uh, just deciding to go out on her own to run a travel agency. She's like, I don't have enough customers to be a full-time thing for travel, but I want to do that and get that started. I said, well, I'd... I'd love to have some part-time help for some administrative help. And that was probably that around that May of 2004. And so I'd been that whole first tax season went, I can't do this crap anymore. I'm packaging tax returns and, you know, documents and going to chase stuff down and trying to go sell during the day. And I was doing work at night and it was just, it was a, a lot of work. It was busy. Oh, it was super busy. Yeah. I was going to, you know, I was going to B&I every week and then I was going to meet new clients. We, I mean, I, like I said, I'm doing a hundred tax returns between January and April 15th that year. Of people that didn't know I did tax returns in December yeah. of 2003. I mean, so. it's a good time to start an accounting practice. Yeah, and it was if you did tax return, if you need a tax return done, I probably would have done it for super, super, super cheap. It was just me. Um, I was I tried to bill hundred dollars an hour because like that's a good amount, that's a round number. And if I did two thousand billable hours this year, I'd make two hundred thousand dollars gross. I'm like I didn't come close to that, but I ended up billing about eleven, twelve hundred hours that first year, which was great. Yeah. So you started that, and I would imagine at some point. The, the light bulb started to go off of, you know, there's a lot of things that I need to figure out. I don't exactly know um, too terribly much about what I'm doing running a business. I didn't realize I didn't know yet. I'm still trying to figure out what I do know and what I don't know for first couple of years probably. If you if you could think, because I mean, this was a while back, but if you think back to that time frame, what were some of the first things that you quickly realized that I, you needed something to, to happen that you didn't even, like it was just kind of blindsided or brand new for you? Well, not necessarily blind new, but I knew real quick that I couldn't do all the work myself. Like I knew that from day one that me being the only person in the office that did production work, I was not going to get do all the work I had to get done, done. I, just the physical time in the day just wouldn't allow it with the, the time crutches. So I used the moon lighters right away. So people I had worked with previously that had left the big firm um, prior to me or whatever. So I had a couple people that helped me some of those, that first or second year doing tax returns. I knew right away that I, I was basically creating helpers. So I had administrative helpers. I had, um, I'll say very light bookkeeping help people that had administrative skills that I could teach how to okay, enter these checks in the system and I'll go see if they're right, but I don't have time to do the data entry here. Yeah. 
And so I, I definitely use that. And, um, and that they were great people. I mean, I was very lucky. I mean, we had friends of family that I hire, which is a very typical way of people get started. They hire people they know, regardless of their right skills. I had a limited budget. And so I knew right away that I needed some help. And so uh, that was kind of that first, I mean, from April of 2004 through realistically June or July of 17, that's probably the way I was still crunching on going full speed, growing like weeds, but not really making any more money. We've, yeah. And so that was very stressful. Where did you go to learn the things that you did? Because at some point, I would Everywhere, imagine you start anywhere. to realize that these are some clear things I don't necessarily know, but it's not, it's always a little, that extra next step to say, I know I don't know this, and then actually got to go figure it out. Yeah. I mean, obviously being around other business owners, just listening to their questions and understand what they're trying to do. And then I bought Creative Solutions Accounting, which is UltraTax, which is the same ta- tax software we use today. That was 2005 was the first, 2004 tax returns was the first one I used on, on UltraTax. And they had a web forum. And I've, you know, I've said this before as well. They had a web forum, forum called Arnie. It had like tax questions if you had tax questions or running a small business, running a, it was practice advice is what I think it was on running a small business accounting practice. And I just, that would be my downtime reading, you know, that was yeah. like, you know, when I had to get away for a second and I was just trying to do that. I, I went to PPC, had a th- couple things on managing a, an accounting firm. Um, I tried to find anything I could read, anything I could find online on how to run a business. I was trying to do all that I could do just to absorb as much as I could and winging a lot of it going, yep, that probably wasn't right or that was wrong. You know, we brought in clients we shouldn't have brought into. I said yes to projects that I, I got my butt kicked and didn't even come close to making money on. But at the end of the day, I still think our work product was pretty good. Yeah. But I wasn't necessarily making money doing that work, which is what typical, a lot of times, uh, new businesses run into. So in, in your world, I mean, realistically, it sounds like you started with the idea that you were going to go be kind of a solopreneur where you're going to go maybe have a couple of some admin help or, yep. but it wasn't starting with the idea. I'm going to build an empire necessarily. Oh, absolutely not. And it's, you know, I was thinking about that. You know, we've, we have a lot of clients that come in from a franchise and go, I've decided to buy this franchise and I'm going to run it that way. Or I've seen people buy it. Let's say buy a business that's already established. Yeah. I love both those answers except for the joy of getting to build it the way you, exactly the way you want to. Um, the hedge of a, of a franchise is there's a proven track record. You could compare yourself against others and it's a proven formula or it should be proven formula versus, you know, starting with client zero is a whole nother. I mean, I've made a million mistakes to get to where I am now and I'll make a million more before I finally say I've, you know, I'm closer to figuring it out. I bought a business that was established, I have a track record. And so if I bought a business, let's say I bought a, a plumbing business, I would know who their customer base already was, already have the equipment in place, I probably have employees. I started with none of that. So it's a lot different experience. We run into a lot of restaurant clients today that that they, they go one of two routes. They bought a franchise or they decided to open a restaurant for the first time. Yeah. And that experience of opening a restaurant for the first time is awesome. As long as you have experience on how to do the hard part, which is actually running the restaurant. Then it's running how to run a business, which are those are two different things. We a lot of people that run businesses that don't know how to run a restaurant, and that's also a very big challenge. They they know that they, they know how to make money doing other things, but like they don't know the grind of a twenty four seven restaurant owner. Well, in your world, you 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 knew and you were confident in all the production pieces of what you were going to have to do, and then you had to learn and figure out the running a business part of it. Correct. And I think that. I think that's, that's probably normal. common for most people that want to get into something is they have some type of 
I'll say production mindset where and, and if it's we see this a lot where, you know, I was an executive chef or I was a head chef mm-hmm. or a lead chef at a restaurant and now I'm gonna go do my own thing. Yep. And that's where you, they know the production piece of it. They know how to make things operate, but that's very different than running the actual business. And yeah, absolutely. That's what EMIT's all about, right? You go from the doer to the manager of the doer to the owner. And that's what the EMIT's talking about there. And and I I went through all those cycles and I I still am in the progress of that. I hop into different roles all the time. Either you're the doer or you're the manager or you are the uh, are the entrepreneur or the owner. And knowing which hat you're wearing is super important. A lot of our, our clients come with the, they have the manager hat or the doer hat. You know, they may own a they may have been a pool service person who decided to open a pool service business. It's just a different different things you have to wear. And they'll constantly grab that hat back of doing the pool service work at some point if somebody were to quit or not show up a day. It's part of it. Yeah. Um, my big thing with a small business owner who are any business owners who are starting a business is you have to have the grind that you are 100% all in at all times. I don't think you can. You got to be committed to it. Can't half-ass it. Yeah, you got to be committed to it. At, at the same time, if you do focus on just one area of the business, you know, in, in your example or in your life, if you, if you only focused on, I'm going to prepare tax returns and that's all I'm going to do, then you would have missed out on a lot of opportunity to actually grow a business because you yep. would have- I had a great job. I would own my job. And, Correct. And I'm going to do that until forever. And at that point, I feel like that is a lot of ways, it, it ties you to that job mm-hmm. more than putting on the owner hat and where you can kind of bounce around a little bit and take some time off. And at some point, you're going to hire people to replace different hats. But if you just stick to, I'm going to be a tax preparer, or I'm going to be a plumber, or I'm going to be an electrician, or whatever it is, then yep. you lose flexibility with that. Absolutely. I have I think back to when I was at the big firm, I never realized the idea that an accounting firm could be a business. That sounds like a weird thing to say, but I always thought of it as an accounting firm as there's a really smart partner who has a bunch of clients that he, still ser- he or she still serves. He has a team under him that basically helping him make sure those clients are super served. Mm-hmm. And that's a typical accounting firm model. Um, it wasn't until I got involved with PASB, I thought, oh my goodness, these people are running these accounting firms and they're not doing production work. Like their goal is literally zero billable hours themselves. And I'm like, that sounds really intriguing to me. I actually own a business, which is way different than owning being an accountant at an accounting firm. Um, I have a client that we've had for years now. He owns a pool service business. And every once in a while, he gets frustrated, you know, the people don't show up or he has a hard time hiring or they lose money on a job. And he goes, I think I made more money when I just put the pole in the back of my truck and went all over town. I said, let's be honest. A, you're not working nearly as hard as you did then physically. And you're making a lot more money than you made when you were in physical you know, putting your pole in the back of your truck and you can do this for the rest of your life. Yeah. If you set systems up now, granted, it's going to have some crappy days and that's part of it. That's a part of every business, but having a system that runs without you. So what's the things that's still frustrating, frustrating you today that you need to continue to work towards removing so that eventually those ideal days happen more and those crappy days happen less. And you were about, if I remember right, about three years in or so, whenever you started to make that shift between. I started realizing it was even possible. It was taking a long time to shift, but like, I didn't even think it was, I thought I had to be the accountant. And at that point you had the vision of, you know what, I can run this factory um, like any other business and not have to be in the daily grind of doing all of the work and being all of the things. I had to be all the things, right. And then it took time to, I mean, even then it was like, oh, this is possible. I still have, you know, 80 clients I'm servicing myself and my team is still learning and I have a green team and I don't have everybody I need on the roles and I'm still doing sales or I'm doing janitorial work or I'm doing videography or whatever. I mean, whatever it was, it was still on me. And 
you you go back and you go, man, I really wish I would have thought of it that way from the very, very beginning. Obviously, I didn't have the budget to do that in the first, but like as I thought about actually running a business, it, it just makes so much more sense. And any service-based business should be thinking that same way, I think, as an owner. Like if I'm an insurance agency, I don't want to be the only agent being productive. Right. It, but there's there are there's so many businesses that do get caught up in the I'm just going to do my thing, and I'm not necessarily worried about mm-hmm. the the running a business side of, of what things look like. And that's a perfectly fine model. There's a lot of accounting firms that are super awesome that have superstar models. There's you know plenty of doctors' offices. That's what they are, right? There's a doctor's office with one doctor and a bunch of nurses. I've kind of always said it like this: is I kind of want to be where I am a doctor hiring a bunch of other doctors to do the work, and I'm not involved in the patient care, and I'm not hiring nurses to help me. I want them to basically own their own client relationships. Yeah. And and I would say it, today, you know, 20 years in almost, you aren't necessarily an accountant at an accounting firm. No, you are very the, rarely. Yeah. Luckily. <laughs> right. Because right, that would have gotten old a long time ago. And I'm not, you know, who knows how good I am at really. <laughs> but you don't, you're, you're not getting into daily accounting work at an accounting no, firm anymore. No. And, and I think that's the difference. And it really depends upon what your goals are. Mm-hmm. Some people, you know, if, if you really loved accounting and you never wanted to get out of just true accounting work or tax work, whatever it is, then you would have been perfectly content Mm -hmm. just doing tax returns for all this time. But that wasn't your goal. And there's a lot of, you know, firms and organizations I'm in that there's people that love financial planning or there's people that love tax or they love, um, you know, really getting into the nitty gritty of trying to, you know, create a, you know, a projection or a future plan for somebody. I don't, that's not the part I enjoy. I love the part of building a team and just serving the heck out of clients, which is way different. I love the business management part a lot more like the actual production work. I still enjoy some of the production work, yeah. but I wouldn't want to be the one who has to do it every month in, month out. That's not a good role for me, probably. Yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> I think Kim would agree with that as yeah, well. Yeah, I know. I'm good at one month at it, though. I'm <laughs> awesome one month. Uh, you know mm-hmm. what? I'm the superstar that can jump in and fix something, but don't ask me to do it again Don't do it tomorrow. twice. <laughs> I got to do it twice. I already told you how to do it now. So yeah, figure it out. That's right. Yep. That's right. I think it's interesting because the in the evolution from a from an entrepreneur standpoint that starts in a situation like yours where it is more production mindset. It doesn't necessarily have to be a services based business. If I'm a you know an earlier used example, if I've, I'm a chef and I really enjoy cooking food, then that may be the best long term role for me. But there's a difference between I'm a chef that likes cooking food, but I really like being in the restaurant business as a whole. Because I think there's a shift that happens in the maturity of the business where you start to say, hey, you know what? I need to change my job from, in your case, preparing tax returns to leading tax preparers. Yeah. And we've seen this internally where people have shifted roles. There is a, a shift that also has to happen in your mindset of what you enjoy doing. Because if you don't enjoy leading people, if you don't enjoy developing other people, you're not going to enjoy building a business. And it's super hard as you go in those migrations, right? So A, you're not gonna bat a thousand, so you don't get all the best people you know on the team. A, you're not you're not good at managing people because you've never really done it before, which is my problem. Mm-hmm. I had managed small teams before, but to manage all different kind of, you know, personalities and conflicts, and then you deal with, oh man, this is, they're not doing the work, the quality I really would expect it to be. They're not handling it the way I would handle it. I would totally do it better than them. I'm like, no, they're doing it just fine. I just, they're yeah. doing it a different way. And that takes a lot of, um, you know, it's hard. It was hard on me. I, I was like, man, that's not how I would do it. I still struggle with that today. But that jumping into and out of my role as a manager and leading somebody to improve the way they do it next time, as opposed to just let me jump in and fix it and take it over and I'll get, yeah. you know, get, that's not what I want to do. Um, 
you know, I think back early on of all the stuff I didn't know, like I, you know, the stuff that, you know, realizing, all right, well, we have a business tax. I mean, I'll, I'll, we filed a business tax return the first two years we were, we were in business. Little did I know, and no one told me that we were exempt as professional services organization. I didn't know that. Um, it wasn't until I researched for a new client who was a law firm. He's like, we don't ever have to pay this before. He's like, yeah, we're exempt. I'm like, hmm, you're exempt. That what might if be I'm interesting. Exempt? Hey, why didn't you tell me? Joe kind of like, you filed the return. We'll take the money. Yeah. So that's just me learning. I had never done that before. Um, you know, a lot of new businesses will get into the process of, you know, getting a new place built out and they have their, let's say their liquor tax and their sales tax and their sales tax exemption. And what's all that stuff is stuff that you've never done before as an owner. And you're getting into something that you're not real familiar with. And that, and it's why you need experts around you. I, you know, I, I think it's getting a good insurance agent, getting a good banker, getting a good accountant, getting a good attorney, you know, those people around you. And also being around other business owners that are probably at a different stage in their business cycle than you are is an important part of that getting started process. Anybody you can get around you is that community of people to help you would be super important. It's, well, it's also important to not be afraid to ask questions. Because that's not my problem. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> typically not. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, if you don't know something, the only way you're going to figure that out is go figure it out. Yep. And if you're afraid, you know, I, I don't want to ask that guy that because, you know, he's oh, going to look had... dumb at me or think I'm dumb and don't know what I'm doing. Or you got to get all that stuff out of the way. Yeah, it's amazing how many times we're like, like we deliver a tax return that first time. We're like, I need my W-2. I'm like, no, no, you're not an employee. And so, like, just explaining how money comes in or out of their business is why one of the articles that we write on our blog or uh, we do some training on internally with uh, other clients um, is just to understand, like, here's how money comes out of your business or here's how money gets into your business. Or, you know, if you do a draw, you're really taking it from one pocket to the other pocket. Or if you're putting money in from your personal, it's from this pocket back to this pocket. And you're like, well, where's my deduction for that? I'm like, well, you don't get the deducting. Yeah paying yourself doesn't work that way so just learning all those kind of rules in the beginning as you get started don't be afraid to ask the questions that you think are stupid because more than likely they're pretty good questions and they're probably questions that the people are asking to everybody have had has. at some point but yes because we've had all of them and, and well so if how I have my car work how does if i borrow money what if i you know if i want to you know can i use my house for this thing or that thing can i rent this piece of equipment back to myself or whatever like there's all these things that come up those are very normal questions that we We'll explain the rules and kind of go from there. So you started from zero Client and zero. started building yep. something up. What do you What do you think about you know? Let's say that I want to go start a new business. It's going to be a brick and mortar. So instead of starting from zero, I'm going to go raise a bunch of funding, get some money in the door. Other uh, people, other people's money. Other people being investors or debt. yeah, investors, yeah. and and start with that. It depends on scale and your capital, the ability to grow it, right? So. Accounting is a pretty low cost business to get into. In the grand scheme of things, a computer and printer and some software, I was pretty much up and running. I didn't have to have a brick and mortar, but I could. If I'm scaling something with a point where I'm trying to bring in, you know, I want to open up a couple, let's say I want to open a couple of restaurants. And that's, we've had a couple of clients do this. Having some investors that are going in with the idea of getting a return is a lot different answer than, you know, if you're going to, if you can go into the bank directly, getting a loan and doing it. I'm a big believer of keep as much equity as you possibly can mm -hmm. until you desperately either need to sell it to other people or you can't scale it the way you want to. Um, all those people are going to bring their own opinions and their own what they want to happen, and they're going to be the people that I think they're going to be 
pushing you to do things you may not want to do or, or it changes the dynamic it of does you're not in as much control business, as you think yeah. you are however there's plenty of times when capital is needed and their expertise comes to the room as well and that expertise can be a guide so you may have somebody that you're partnering with that has had they've already opened five other six other restaurants in the past or they're opened up other businesses and they have some historical knowledge there that to help you i think forming the right partnerships with the right investor groups is, is, is perfectly fine. Can be helpful, yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, but I always would err on the side of caution. You, you have know. to understand what that comes what comes Correct. with that. Yeah, I'm, I lose control. When you add people involved in the – more money's in the pot and it's not all yours, you're not the only one in control, no matter how much yeah. you want it to be. Yeah, yeah. And it, it also changes the dynamic of how you run the business. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that could be a good thing. You, yeah, absolutely. You could, it, come, come, it can come with a sense of responsibility. For There's sure. other, other people's money involved. Um, but there's also the temptation of, well, it's not all my money anyway, so I can go just be it's reckless. Both. So, and I, I probably err on the other side where it is all my money. I'm not afraid to be a little more reckless. Mm-hmm. It's my gamble. I'm gambling my own money. So if I buy software that doesn't work, I'm okay to throw it away. If I had a partner involved in there, I'd be like, well, I'm kind of spending their money too. I don't want to do that. So there's I would, good checks and balances, yeah, but it also can be I'm a eternal dangerous. optimist, which is a great thing except for when it's not. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I always think everything's going to work out. Every employee ever hires is going to be the best one ever. Every software is going to be the, the magic pill. It also lets me go, that didn't work, and I'm not afraid to throw it away. But I also think some of that is I'm spending my own money. Your risk risk meter is broken. Yeah, maybe it is. Yeah. It's only broken to the extent that I can't <laughs> fix it. <laughs> if I throw that away and start something new, it's good. Right. Um, as long as that new thing starts to you know, magic. pay off. The right? new thing it's is been... magic, though. It's going to be fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm only as good pro- as my next idea. That's right. Yeah. I'm a visionary, Mike. I'm allowed to be that, right? Yeah. But that is that is uh, an optimist. Uh, it's plus and a minus. And so being a business owner, having a team around you that's not all the same. You don't have a bunch, you don't want to have five optimists in the right. room. You'll be broke. Yeah. And so, um, or in jail or in jail <laughs> One of the, or both. Yeah. <laughs> the lessons learned because you have no choice, but to be conservative or because you're broke or because you made a mistake or be, you know, we've made plenty of mistakes historically that went, Oh, that could have been, that could have turned out even worse than it did. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, that was a lesson learned. I'm never doing that again. My head hurts and I'm never running to that wall ever again. And yet I still would do it again. And I go, well, I didn't learn it as good as I should the first time. <laughs> I thought I learned that lesson. I learned it, but not as good as I should. But th- yeah, that's very much uh, the case. And so like, I am not like cross every T dot every I. Well, that's all well and good till, do I have insurance for that? I think, I think, yeah. I think I do. God, I hope I do. I thought I did. And so those things are, are super important as you learn some of those lessons painfully in the beginning. Um, and also as you grow and you learn from those mistakes, but also you get, as you get more resources involved, it allows you to get expertise from other people around you that um, help hedge your mistakes. Well, you had mentioned earlier, and we've talked about this before, is kind of having your board of advisors around mm-hmm. you that's going to be able to bounce ideas off of and also make sure that your your walls are are, are up and, and covered. And, uh, you know, that's that's the banker, that's your insurance person, that's your accountant, that's your lawyer. It was, but it was also just, I was around a lot of other business owners. I wanted to be around other business owners. A, that's my potential client base, but it was also like, the attorney's great, but at the same time, he doesn't know how to run 
every business type. Yeah, but, but that he person definitely does know how to make, make sure, sure they don't go to jail. Right, right, right. It's perfect. Right. Yeah. And so I'm not necessarily suggesting that those people are going to be the people that you're talking to about how to run a better business, but they are the people that you need to talk to to make sure that within the walls of your business that Absolutely. you're you're not doing things too crazy. Absolutely. It was I I was very fortunate. I a, I had a couple of bigger firms that I was friends with. I had people that I'd worked with previously. There were other firms. I had. Um, uh, other professionals that I got to go to around in different in different environments, be it either clients I could bounce ideas off of, or friends who owned different businesses that were a lot more successful than I've ever thought about being. That I could go, hey, what do you think about this? And I'm like, well, this is what we do, and I'm like, oh, that makes sense. We should do that too. Yeah. Not like you said earlier, not being afraid to ask stupid questions. That's the that's probably the biggest lesson I would take away from it. Don't be afraid to ask. Ask your accountant. Ask your attorney. What should I be doing? Find somebody. Read. You know, go find help. Yeah. Don't be afraid to go find help. There's a million resources mm-hmm. out there. Yep. But I, I, it's not e- it's not easy though. I mean, it, it's not easy to wake up in the morning and say, you know what, I have got to get up, get out of bed, get to work, work my tail off for however many hours I need to do that in order to be successful. Yep. And not everybody has that, you know, that bend towards owning their own business. And it, it's perfectly fine to say, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and be an employee at Walmart for. 30 years or, you know, whatever career it is yep. that you want to have. It's not, I don't think there is a, you know, if I'm just an employee, I'm here, but if I'm a business owner, then I'm, you know, elevated beyond that. Oh, thousand percent agree. it's important to, to be self-aware enough to say, you know what, maybe that's not for me. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the joys I love, there's tons of good and bad about being a business owner. The joy of being a business owner is that I've got to build something pretty cool and fun and I really enjoy it. The bad is it never turns off. Hmm. I am okay with that. I've been doing it long enough to not be okay with it. But my wife had to put up with it and my kids have had to put up with it and my parents had to put up with it. And it, you know, my, you ask my kids, there's five seasons. There's not four. We have a tax season. It's every year. Mm-hmm. For a long time, they never saw me every spring. Like it never happened. Um, it was common that they're like, yeah, we'll see you in a couple months. I mean, like I'd make it to baseball games or whatever, but that's about it. Like it yeah. was that and then back to work till midnight. And those grinds get old and every business runs through it. Like it doesn't change. Like even as you mature, those your role as business owners, it never turns off. And you can't think it's gonna turn off. I was up here late last night. We had a situation going on in the office that need we had a meeting today that I need to be a part of. I mean, it was a, I'm gonna be ready for it. It wasn't a if and or but. It was that's I have no It has to happen. It's it has to happen, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, Matt, so as we wrap up, I got one more question for you and then yep. we'll get out of here. Um, if you could go back, you know, cause you're, you're 20 years almost into this thing. If you could go back to, you know, first week, first month of going to go out on your own, what is, you know, one or two pieces of advice that you wish that you could give yourself that would have made that process a lot easier? For me, it'd been super, as a service-based business, I'd have super clarified what we sell. Saying yes, everybody was great, except for, right? Um, it was a hard system to repeat. I didn't know how to leverage it. Uh, I didn't know how to staff for it. So in my world, the first thing would be is defining my box, what I'm going to sell and what I'm not going to sell. The other thing would have been to um, think through the hats or the, the roles I need to get filled right away and probably would have overextended myself early on with a couple of hires to help me. I would have hurt myself in the beginning, but I would have helped myself in the long run. Took me three or four years to get the right people around me, which took a lot. Of, it made a lot of gray hairs and a lot of pain, yeah. a lot of time. <laughs> that, that was just a lot of time sunk, and I could have probably made more money with 
better systems being known I sell and then having more of a better uh, a better team around me yeah that's good advice Matt I appreciate uh, you coming in and taking some time to, to talk to your early journey and if you're out there listening and, and you are thinking about starting your own business or if you're 15 20 years in uh, like like Matt is here um, I want to hear kind of what what your experience is what are some of the things that you struggle with and more importantly what questions do you have that you are afraid to ask anybody because of maybe their judgment um, you can send those to us at onestepbetteratworks.com. I promise you we will answer every single one of them, and we will do so without any judgment whatsoever. And so I appreciate you guys listening. Thanks, and have a great day. Thanks for listening to the One Step Better podcast. I'd really appreciate it if you would take some time to rate us five stars on your podcast player of choice and make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you never miss out on another episode. Thanks, and have a great day.